Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5, it's another Monday and we're all here. Hope you all are having a good time as well as all the good times could be had in 2021. So much for things just resetting after 2020, huh? All the hillbillies got together and threw the kerosene or the gasoline on top of the dumpster fire. Ah, nothing smells better than a good burning kerosene, what do you think? Yeah, you got that right. Two, vest- we- two vestiges from our past, kerosene heaters and deep freezers. You knew you grew up in the 70s and 80s, particularly in the Midwest, probably in a, you know, people often forget that the economy was horrible in the 80s and late 70s. You had the gas crisis coming out of the 70s, the economy was through the floor. Can I add one more thing to your list? Sure. Electric blankets. Oh, electric blankets. Yep. Electric blankets were not that comfortable. They're kind of thin and the wires were a heavy, heavy gauge. When's the last time you've used an electric blanket? Uh, that house in Richwood. Oh, that's long. See, I'm wondering if the newfangled version—they're probably like use like super thin conductive material. <laughs> Google it for me. See if electric. Interestingly enough, my daughter's grandfather, I think, at least according to their family lore, he actually got burnt up by an electric blanket in the. Her grandmother, I guess, got some money out of a lawsuit from the manufacturer. So that is a good question in this day and age. Are electric blankets still legal? And if so, I'm sure they've come a long way. Coming in from jcpenny.com. Ooh. You can get an electric heating blanket for an extra 25% off, and it ends soon. What about Amazon? I'm sure Amazon has them, right? Five best electric blankets for 2021. So they are legit still. Do they say anything about the contents with the made? I don't think they're using that heavy gauge wire anymore because those things are super uncomfortable. They're almost like crinkly. I'm sure it's probably like a flat copper wire now or something. Well, you got to be careful because that heat is created by resistance, which makes mm-hmm. equals ampacity and you need bigger wire for the higher amps. Well, maybe they use conductive heat now. Like those, Have you seen those pocket soldering irons that are instantly hot and instantly cold? Oh, you mean inductive heat. Yeah, there you go. Inductive. Yes. So you're the electrician. Conductive, inductive. What is the difference, Gordon? Uh, conduct, you conduct. Induct, you induct. I'm not thinking about <laughs> electricity today. <laughs> but yes, vesti- vestiges of our past. Electric Through blankets. induction and conduction, and it's a whole scientific episode I don't want to get into. <laughs> Kerosene heaters, electric blankets, and for some of you, wood-burning stoves. <laughs> coal burning. We had a coal burning stove in the kitchen that was probably from the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, I remember loading that. You were kind of young at this age. I, I remember it. Son of a bitch up. And mom's on, on Facebook. She said electric blankets now do not last more than a year. Well, the one I'm looking at, it's got a five-year limited warranty. Ooh. Remember the- It's uh, got 10 hours of setting, heat setting, 10-hour auto off, fast heating, and it is certified ETL, which is a listing agency- that is akin to the UL. Best thing about the What's in Your Head podcast is, well, we have a whole list of show uh, prep, and then we have things that come out of our head, which this whole segment is. Um, remember another vestige from our past, corporal punishment. <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember a paddle. 
Yeah, we'll get definitely to that in a second. remember a belt. Yeah, there, there was a paddle, a wooden paddle that had uh, speed holes in it. Um, get it go faster. Yep. I remember my my first year, I think kindergarten or first grade, mom would probably have to tell us, I think it was the last year that they still were doing corporal punishment. And I remember getting a swat or two at school and then being sent I home. got a swat my sixth grade year at New Haven Elementary School. Now, for all you young cats screaming and protesting over everything, you ain't lived until you live time. And I don't even think I that'll, was deserving that'll get you where you live. like most kids because there was a bunch of us who got it. Yeah. So he just kind of was setting a, um, setting a precedent and an example of don't, don't be a dick. Well, and the thing was is if you got swatted at school, I think the unwritten rule was however many you got at school, you got like twice that when you got home from your parents. I didn't – it's funny. I didn't get it. I mentioned it to daddy. He goes, yeah, well, I, I got it too. <laughs> well, see, and that's the other thing people don't realize is if – Back when you would spank your kids, most normal folk, the spanking wouldn't go much past one or two years old because at that point, the child realized that it's a very good possibility that if I get caught doing something I'm not supposed to do, and get my ass whooped. And so either A, you stop doing it, or B, you got better at not getting caught. And so usually the ass whooping stopped after one or two because they, you knew it was a possibility. But then you had the outliers. Yeah. Damn child abusers. They run it for everybody. <laughs> But yes, uh, we did have, my mom did have the uh, paddle with speed holes in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how old I was. It could have been very old because, well, we didn't live in that house too long and to my my advanced youth. But one day I had enough and I threw that son of a bitch right into the coal burning stove, never to be seen again, and just adding to some nice heat in the house. Yes, it did. I think we even cooked on that stove. It was actually a little a legit stove stove. Well, that's because the house we lived in at the time was from the, you know, that was probably what? In the 80s, it was probably 50 years old or older. I mean, it was from, that was an yeah, old, old farmhouse. Yeah, it had like the... Um, I'm sure it was... It's crazy that I can remember. Burners. It had like the cast iron round things with the, the pigtail handles. I can't believe I can remember that. I remember like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like maybe what, Four? And then it had yep. like the, the pull down drawer in the front and it would always leave the soot all over your hands. <laughs> What's going on, Morgan Long OG5? Oh, I'm checking. sure you and I are riddled with cancer in our lungs somewhere. No, you know, I often <laughs> quote the George Carlin bit about um, how no one in his neighborhood ever got polio because they all grew up swimming in the Hudson River and they're all tempered in raw sewage. I often have, sort of like us in the Ohio River. I was gonna say I tell people I never get sick, but when I do, it's long and hard because I grew up swimming and sometimes bathing in the Ohio River, and so we were, you know, our immune systems are through the roof. And perhaps maybe that's why you knew you and I have made it through this whole COVID debacle, um, free of disease and and COVID. So far, so far, knock on knock yes. on glass. And, and my, according to mom, she did actually cook on that stove, and I remember it. I can imagine so. I mean, that's some that's some cast iron on cast iron crime right there. <laughs> am I am I cracking yes, and popping you guys a little bit? I turned up the uh, level on the the main motherboard, and um, I'm cracking in my ears a little bit, but I don't think it I don't think it goes over to the outside world too much. Uh, a little background music. When was the last time you split wood? Um, you're gonna be very not disappointed or surprised with this. Not only have I split wood recently, I've split wood with a reproduction bayonet. <laughs> it was at the last reenactment we did, and it was raining. And uh, the wood that they had dropped off for us to use got wet. 
And so I had to put some underneath an awning and then um, out of pure desperation, we were splitting, they're already split, so we weren't splitting full logs, but these were already split. And so we were splitting them in half more with our bayonets to get to the dry side so we can get a fire going. Speaking of which, I'll probably be doing the same thing next weekend because my happy ass is going up to Georgia for the third annual um, event. But, Georgia. So, but due to COVID, I know this isn't a What's the Scuttlebutt podcast, oh, but due mind. to COVID, there's no public. So it's actually going to be a three-day tactical event, and um, there's cats even volunteering to Sounds sleep. Sounds like in. a whole lot of drinking. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I am going to head on down it because it's supposed to be uh, 40-ish at night, and I'm... Um, as some of you know, I don't sleep in a newfangled uh, tent. I sleep under two pieces of canvas that were made in 1943 that they call pup tent with no ground. So I do have five wool blankets. I'm probably going to stop at Tractor Supply and get some uh, hay to uh, insulate the ground a little bit because I got to keep it, you know, I don't have to. A lot of guys carry sleeping bags and yoga mats. But to me, this whole thing is we're supposed to be experiencing the discomforts they experience. So I will be sleeping in 40 degree weather next week which is kind of scary because I live in Florida and I've been getting cold this week when it's been hitting 55. But so that's what's going on there. Are you familiar with those little free libraries? Do they have those out there where you're at? We just got the big county ones that I, I'm aware of. Little, I don't think enough people in this town can read. That's definitely would hamper the concept of the little free library. I'm sure they're nationwide. I'm sure they have different titles and ideals behind them, but I first became Bookmobile. a No, little think more grassroots, a little more community. Um, I first mm. became aware of the little little free libraries when I was running down on McGregor Boulevard, and you see these sometimes are painted different colors. There's actually one set up at the in front of the Iwo Jima statue here in Cape Coral. Basically, they're a they're a nice nicely decorated. Sometimes they look like a giant birdhouse, but they're on a stick, usually in a park or a communal area. And it's got a glass door on it, and it's weatherproof. And you, once you're done reading a book, you put it in there. And you see a book, you take it out. And it's a basically, it's a book depository for people who are done with their books, and they want someone else to read them. And they're outside. They're on running paths. They're at parks. And it's, it's, no, it's, cool. it's a very cool concept. But the reason I bring this up, um, my neighborhood's not exactly heavy on the foot traffic. With the exception of my ass running around and the old lady and her um, daughter walking up and down the street with the walker and a few other people. I was surprised to see that my neighbor just put one of these up in front of their house. And it's by no means small. This thing is, I, when I first saw it, I thought they put up the world's lowest birdhouse because it's right next to their driveway, right next to their mailbox. But it's the size of probably one of my Coca-Cola coolers that I have here in the podcast studio. Jesus Christ, what kind of bird are they trying to attract? Well, I got to say, the husband, who's probably early 30s, he's got some mad woodworking skills. Because, I mean, he's got the slanted roof with the uh, tile, the wood shingles. It's nice glass sides. It's gable end, everything, right? It, yeah, it's got the gable ends. And it's got even the little spiky things. But it's just kind of weird to see a little, a little free library in a residential neighborhood on our street. It would have kind of made more sense, but they probably would have gotten in trouble by the city if they would have just taken it out on the main running path that a lot of people ride their bikes on and run around on. But, I mean, it's a cool idea. Hopefully, maybe it'll encourage more people around our neighborhood to get to know each other. Maybe they're trying to, maybe that's their point. Maybe they're like, well, let's try to build mm -hmm. a sense of community. Because after all, here in Florida, the only time you talk to your neighbors is during the hurricane season when no one has power. Or if everybody on the street catches the same guy on the ring doorbell trying to break into people's cars, that's the last time we had a community meeting here on my street. So I had a thought, uh, listening to you go into your, um, 
your description mm-hmm. and giving directions, I just thought Don is probably one of the only guys left alive today that will give directions to someplace while by using World War II um, monuments as mm-hmm. landmarks. Well, to be fair, the Iwo Jima to statue, the Iwo Jima statue we have here in Cape Coral, uh-huh. is not. It's basically the second and last original. You have the original that is at the, um, I think, Guanaco in, West, uh, in Virginia at the Marine Corps base. Ours is made from the same exact mold. The original mold that was commissioned for the original statue that you see in all the photos, ours was made, and it was actually recommissioned by the Rosen brothers, those scammers who built Cape Coral. And it was originally built, I think, in the early 50s, and it was at the Cape Coral Rose Garden, which then closed down and got defunct, and as assholes kids tend to do they vandalized it broke the fingers off yada 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 in the mid 80 late 80s early 90s some guy was walking his dog through there and it was all overgrown and he saw it knew what it was um i probably have my dates off a little bit anyhow raised public awareness they raised money they physically moved it restored it um put it on display and then it's been restored two more times and now it happily sits on veterans parkway as you come over the cape coral bridge and not only is the Iwo Jima statue there, the local community who also runs the Southwest Florida Military Museum and Library, which, by the way, sorry news for your wife. Let me get the drop because I'm about to say the word. By the way, oh, apparently um, the Disney store at our mall closed down. Oh, and so the Southwest Florida Military Museum and Library, which used to be located in a super large sweet bay in Cape Coral, who lost their funding due to COVID. They have since relocated into what used to be the Disney store at the mall. So I haven't been over there. I can imagine that they've had to greatly um, compartmentalize and reduce the size because, I mean, this place used to have Jeeps inside of it and everything else. I haven't been over there. The footprint's probably a quarter of what it used to be. But at least they're still able to go up and run and provide awareness. But, yes, I oftentimes will use... um, Well... and Morgan Long's good with it. He said he was tracking with your directions. So. Yeah, so he knows. He 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 knows. He visualizes it. He knows what's I don't, going on. I I all I know is that shit spread out down there and takes forever to get anywhere. Yep. We have no landmarks, and especially in Cape Coral, everything's divided by canals. Which, by the way, I'm happy to announce, I have now completed the exploration of every canal that I can get to in my neighborhood until they dead end. And uh, tonight, Gordon, I was uh, testing on a new piece of equipment we got for the YouTube channel. And Hopefully a bigger magnet for your magnet fishing. Yeah, well, I haven't gotten to that point yet. But um, I was confessing my disappointment to the YouTube audience that lived in Florida and doing two videos on kayaking that I have yet to come across an alligator. Tonight, dun, dun, that dun, all changes. Dun, dun. So um, I haven't checked the footage How does yet. it feel being in the canal in a kayak next to an alligator? Well, tonight it was a little windy out because, as I said, the temperature has calmed down and we've been getting a little crazy weather. Now, this lake and these canals, um, they do have a boat ramp, but there's only about, if you hit every canal in the lake itself, you only got about eight miles. But people do take John boats in there and occasional wave runner. But it does not have access to any, you're not going to get to the river or anywhere, you know, basically the canals all end after about three miles because the main roads block them. I'm sorry you lost me at eight mile. I thought mom's spaghetti. There you go. Seven mile east side, right? Anyhow, um, the wind was up tonight and 
it definitely presents because I've yet to take the kayak out on any places that are going to have wake or waves, but the wind was up just enough that you could feel the wrap on the bottom of the kayak. Mm-hmm. And being someone who, you know, is new to this, I would be lying to you if you're not a little paranoid about the thought of an alligator bumping you. But in all the years I've lived down here, I've yet to hear the news story of a kayaker who was knocked out of his boat by well, an alligator. Morgan Long needs to call in. He says he has a great kayak alligator story. Okay, well, let me uh, refresh the number here. Give us a call at 239. Yes, the number has changed because even though I paid for it, they refreshed it. Give us a call at 239-990-3919. Give us a call, Morgan. I want to hear your alligator story. Um, but yes, I did come across a, an alligator tonight, and um, it was it was definitely nice to finally see one here. Because they always tell you, if, if you're in a body of water in Florida, you're going to be near an alligator. And that is true. Did you give yourself a little pistol check real quick? Just no, sure I, that. I, I haven't. I don't carry my pistol with me on the kayak. Because um, I haven't installed the dry storage yet. Uh-huh. And not, I will say I haven't yet to overturn said kayak, <laughs> but um, I don't want to, I don't want to, my luck, it'll fall out of my holster. You can get one of them fancy magnet ones. Um, <clears throat> that well, is interesting. What's so, that? The kayak. The only crazy animals I've ever encountered would be uh, the errant bear up in Big Sky. You know, I meant to read the story. Maybe I did read the story. No, I meant to read the story last week um, where the local news channel was freaking out about sightings of coyotes, even though here on this podcast I have said multiple times that I've seen coyotes on the running trail. And everybody's like, you sure it's a coyote? Well, it's either a coyote or a super, super malnourished German shepherd, but it's a coyote. And the writing in this, I don't know if it was voice to text. I don't know if it was bad spell check, but they're talking about the dead coyote they found. And it said... You can tell by the evidence that the coyote had been hit by a dog instead of a car. <laughs> so, like, so, like, even in the printed story, um, it's, yeah, you could tell that the coyote had been hit by a dog. That's one hell of a dog. And how can you tell that it was hit by a dog? I don't know. So, uh, we let the pooch out in the yard to run free for the first time this weekend. How did that go? Uh, zoomy, zoomy, zoomy. Hey, there's some pebbles. Let's start eating them. Yeah, the dogs do that. Um, I think it's a teething thing. Bebop did it for a while. We had um, in Tucker's last few months on Earth, and we talked about this at the time. Remember, I was talking about how the backyard was right at the step. It was flooded with because he would go out there and just lose his bladder, and it would just the sand couldn't take up all the urine, and so all the flies were out there. And uh, my neighbor's probably getting pissed. So what I did is I dug up the patio stones, laid down. Uh, white granite that's all crumbled up and then put the patio stones down. Mm -hmm. So then when he walked out there, he would just pee into the patio stones and we went stepping it. Well, anyhow, we got Bebop around the same time. And so she used to chew on those, on those little marble rocks. How old is she now? She will be one years old in next month in February. So she she was born in February. huh? Yep. She's a February pup. There you go. Well, I don't know if Morgan's trying to call us or not. Um, Let me close out the app, Morgan. Hold on. Then I'll reopen it. But, um, there is a segment we started not too long ago. Uh, we've done a few of them. This is the lessons from TikTok. We have a new one of those tonight, except for the okay. original lesson I had copied got deleted off of TikTok. So, Ruh-roh. Did uh, they get um, suppressed? I don't know. But um, before we get into that TikTok, we are going to do another one. 
And that is our Netflix choice of the week. Now, I didn't present you this idea. I don't oh, know if you fine. have one, but um, some of you have been wondering, where's Nicolas Cage been? Is he still putting out bad movies? Is he still struggling Hiding to pay off his, his tax revenue? There is a new show on Netflix. Marrying chicks after three days. It's a, it's kind of a documentary-esque style show with kind of a landing on, you know, the true TV shows where they have the comedians interjecting on certain topics. Sometimes it's the video. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the I love the 80s. I love the 70s. This show is the history of the swear word. Now, obviously, there's only so many swear words, and they don't quite cover the whole bit of George Carlin's seven words you can't say on TV, but they get most of them. And the first one, as you can imagine, is the word fuck. And they go through all the... Strong word. They go through all the history of fuck, and they even go through the misnomers and the incorrect history of the words. As much as you know, especially you Van Halen fans, may know that you thought it meant... for foreign lawful carnal knowledge, which turns out not to be the truth. Some people also said it stood for, uh, for, um, I don't know, some by order of the king, basically saying that you had to get permission from the king in order to have sex and this night, which is all nonsense. Um, spoiler alert, the root word of fuck means to strike. And so kind of makes sense because now we young kids say, I'd hit that. So there you go. But anyhow, here's a clip from this, the episode about the word. And now we've come to another fucking episode in our compendium of cuss words. And this one is unique. It is the only one that started out as a first name. Nobody ever named their firstborn Shittered or Fucklin. Excuse me, excuse me, Fucklin, have you done your homework? Shittered? Inside voice, please. Only Dick holds this distinction. It comes from a name, and that name is Richard. But why Richard? Why not Jeffrey? Hey, you suck my Jeff. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. What about Daniel? Suck my Dan. See, no. Oh, I know. Suck my Nick. Yeah. Hey, Nick head. Eat a Nick. Don't even think about nicking me over, Nickwad. Yeah, you wish you had B-N-E. Big Nick energy. Now, I could get used to that. But until I can make Nick happen, we're stuck with Dick. So Nicholas Cage will open up the episode. He'll present the word of the day, and then they'll have like former employees of Webster's Dictionary on there. They'll have college professors who teach English language or study certain things, and then they'll have comedians on there to interject their two cents on the subject. And, and people say, well, where did Dick and Richard? How did Richard turn into Dick? And they do the whole segment on how kind of we're juvenile, and oftentimes nicknames have to rhyme, right? Well, mm -hmm. what's short for Richard? Richard is Rick, Rick, Dick, and that's where Dick came from Richard. So it actually went from Richard to Rick to Dick. And so that's a great episode. But then there's one. You know, like the old Wayne song, Hey There, Richard Smoker. Mm-hmm. Yep. But a quality documentary needs to teach you something. It needs to give you a takeaway. And it wasn't... A lesson, as it were. And it wasn't until the episode on the fine word of pussy that I found... A nickname, if you will, a phrase that I just love. I love so much that I think we should bring this back for the official term, the slang term for the vagina, if you will. And I'll just let them explain it in all their fine detail. 
Cecily Bumtrinket. It's sort of everything that you want in wordplay for genitalia. First, it takes a common woman's name of the time, Cecily, so we've personified the vagina, and then it gives as a surname, bum trinket. So bum meaning, you know, the bottom part of your body, and trinket being something that ornaments it. I guess a vagina is a bum trinket. It's like, it's like a hood ornament to the asshole. And sadly, it's out <laughs> of use now. So I think we need is to- Is that who I think that was? Yes. <laughs> uh, the Australian I, I've gone blank on his name but he's often on Adam Carolla but yes Cecily Bum Trinket I think is something we need to bring back to the modern day vernacular um, it can be said mixed company and no one will be offended because most people won't know what it means and it's just fun to say Cecily Bum well, Trinket that's seven syllables six syllables worth of word I think that was <laughs> I think that was the common phrase for it back in the 15 to 1600s especially over so, in Europe if a guy back in the day, he couldn't even get the whole word out. It'd be, I, hey, nice Cecily smack. Cecily bum trinket. Hey, uh, can I take thou to dinner and then perhaps meet your Cecily bum trinket? Morgan Long, I see you tried to call, so give us a call back. The uh, software is up and working. You know what? Let's do this. Let's just call Morgan ourselves, right? We, we can call Morgan, all right? Let's call Morgan back. <laughs> oh, anyway, Cecily bum. Any Cecily. other clever words for... Uh, Oh. Old timey words that need to be dusted Not off. Not as good as Cecily Bum Trinket. Um, they had, you know, they went through the whole vernacular. So go on Netflix and check out History of the Swear Word, hosted by uh, Nicholas Cage. Come on, Morgan, call, answer the phone. Hey, man, what's going on? Not much, man. You got a good Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. You got a good Gator story for us? I do. Uh, one of the, the big things that my uh, my Boy Scout troop did was we went kayaking on the Peace River every year. <sighs> yeah, I've been there. I almost Some... died. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember that story. I thought about that because that was uh, where where we always went every year. So hey, on, one year, on. the water hold was on. really, really high. It was like the highest it had been in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And the other adults said, ah, it'll be fine. Let's go. Heard that before. So I said, I think we ought to not. But they said, eh, we should go. So I had a kayak, and it had a bad hatch seal on it. So you had so, the sit-in, not the sit-upon. Mine's a sit-upon. Mine's a fishing kayak. So you had the one yeah, with the, yeah. the, the, the Mine, mine was, a, was a sit-on top. Oh, okay. But the, the cargo hatch. Oh, the dry storage hatch. Had, yeah, yeah, I had a bad seal on it. So I managed to get sideways in the water. And got pinned up against a, a stand of trees. Oh, been there. Well, all the all the water rushed in, got past that seal, and filled the inside storage of the kayak. Oh, that sucks. So every time I'd get cross current or whatever, I'd fall out because that water would slosh sideways inside mm -hmm. of the inside of the hole and dump me over. <clears throat> so finally, I just gave up, grabbed onto the side of the kayak, and started swimming. Well. You've been from Gardner to to or from uh, uh, Zolfo Springs to Gardner. You know what kind of a trip that is. Yeah, for those of you guys playing at home, the Peace River on a normal time, if you don't go in the summer, 
a lot of times you actually have to get out of your canoe and walk through the middle of the river because it's so shallow because of the drought. So there's a lot of times where you literally, because the weight of you and your partner and, of course, your cooler full of beer causes the, the canoe to sink so low that you have to get out and kind of scrape it along until you fall into the water and then you got to go back and climb back in. But um, I've gone three times. The last time I went, I was with Stan and, and company and Dave was with us. And it I think the water was 10 feet over crest, um, which we went talked about. And then as Morgan just said, it was super deep. So it's very uncommon for the Peace River to be this high. Go ahead, Morgan. So just just for reference, you know how, how high the fence posts are on the bank. Mm-hmm. We were we were hitting the bot or we were hitting the tops of the fence posts with the bottom of our kayaks because the water was so high we couldn't tell where the river was anymore. Yeah, you're and, up in the cow pastures. Yeah, there was no camping, nothing. So I'm swimming along, you know, hanging on to the kayak, and I look behind me, and there's a 14-foot gator following me. Oh, that's so And scary. he's getting closer and closer, and <laughs> I'm kind of kicking and swimming and riding the current, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is how I'm going to die. Pucker because factor. Because I... I'd gotten completely separated from the troop. I was by myself. It was just me, the kayak, and this gator. I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just having the, uh, remember the episode of Yosemite Sam where he's, he's smacking with your, down, down, down. <laughs> I can just see you say that guy, down. So, so this, this went on for about an hour and a half. And as that gator got closer, I remember I, I looked back at him and I said, literally, out loud, Mr. Gator, I know you're going to eat me, but I've got my big hunting knife, and I know that you're going to know that I was there as I'm going down. And I don't know how many times you've been on the Peace River, but in a normal time, there's a lot of jet skiers, and they're just awful to kayakers and canoeists. See, I'm not and, sure what part of the Peace River you're on. I was up there by the Peace River canoe tours, and once again, that area is so shallow that jet skis... You know, there's deeper parts, but like that three mile run, a lot of it's super shallow. So I've never really dealt with anything up there except for the occasional John boat. Yeah. Normally the, the jet skiers come up from Gardner where it's, where it's deeper and, and they're pretty terrible. They're, they're pretty inconsiderate. So as, as I'm going along, knowing that this alligator is going to eat me, I hear coming up the river, a jet ski, never been so happy to hear one in my entire life. <laughs> And he says, Hey, are you with the Boy Scout troop down the, down the river? And I said, well, yeah, probably so. And I said, yeah, they it were was. kind of wondering where you were. So I he said, Hey, are you with the alligator? <laughs> I was with so, him. Yeah. <laughs> so fortunately the sound of the jet ski scared the gator off. He let me climb up on the back of his jet ski and actually get into my kayak. Cause there wasn't a stitch of dry ground, to, you know, to, to stop at and get back in. And uh, I finally caught up with my troop, and they're like, hey, you know, we were kind of wondering where you were. So, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, I almost got eaten by a 14-foot alligator, but hey, no big deal. Yeah, when Stan and I went, and he, you know, his canoe got pinned up against a tree, I was standing, the, the top of the barbed wire fence was about four and a half feet underwater, because I was standing on the top rung, and the water was still up to my chest, and so that's how high it was. But yeah, it's definitely... Definitely crazy. I, I I want to get my kayak and go out other places, but it's kind of nice because I get home from work. I'm like, well, let's go paddle around for 45 minutes. And so I just drive to the other side of the neighborhood, throw it in, 
paddle around and I'm back home within that, you know, go paddle around and home. And it's only been like an hour and 15 minutes opposed to packing it up and driving somewhere else. Yeah. That's a great thing about the Cape is you can't, you know, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a canal. Dead cats or dead rats. If you're, you're really moved. Hey Morgan, thank you so much for giving us a call. Bebop's hitting my microphone. Um, if you guys want to give us a call and give us a talk, see, you can do so. Give us a call at 239-990-3919. Morgan, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. Take it easy. What are you doing? Hey, so let's. you, you sent me down a rabbit hole. I've got 10 words from ancient time that should be brought back. Okay. First one is beard splitter. <laughs> uh, now, these are cuss words? Or, or vul- yes, vulgar words. So you would call someone a dirty beard splitter? Do you know what beard splitter is? What would your guess be? Um, a big no. Think how a, a people used to be. You got it. Victorian <laughs> word for penis. But that would imply that most people use their for certain untoward activities. That well, or the person you know, people, didn't, people didn't shave back then. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Old beard splitter. Here's one that I think should be brought back. She's a Dirty bed swerver. <laughs> Burning bed swerver. What are you doing? British dog? slang for cheater, invented by allegedly by William Shakespeare himself. I'm trying to do a show here. What are you doing? How about Arfin? <laughs> it's going to be a hard one. Arf arf and arf. Arf arf and arf. That would be a Victorian term for drunkard. That sounds like a this was an oddly arf. specific one. Okay. A rantillion. <laughs> rantillion. A rantillion. What is a rantillion? It is a weirdly specific Victorian word meaning ones whose scrotum is longer than his penis. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly that often that happened often enough that uh, they they found it necessary to have a word for such a person. Here's another weird one. I'm ready. Beastcomer. Beastcomer. Do what now? <laughs> B E S C-U-M-B-E-R, biscummer. And what's that one? It is a word from the early 20th century, meaning to spray poo upon. (laughs) That makes perfect sense because back then they didn't have indoor plumbing. And as we learned from the history of the swear word, the word shit didn't become a um, slang word or considered vulgar or um, improper to use in mixed company until the advent of indoor plumbing. Because prior Mm -hmm. to that, everyone would use a communal toilet they didn't have stalls. You would sit on a plank right next to somebody else and oftentimes looking at each other. And so people would shit in company. And so the word mm-hmm. shit and the concept of excrement did not become vulgar or indecent until the advent and the proliferation of indoor plumbing. And it's weird that some of these sound oddly Germanic. Yeah. It's like Zounderkite, which is a Victorian word for idiot. And then you've got Gamahusha. Or gamma hush. I know you're reading from the list, but if you would have looked up at the it screen. It is a Victorian word for oral sex. Bailey has been like standing on my desk since he's been reading this whole thing. She's like, I'm going to take up your, your camera space. She has both feet on the desk and she's just like looking around as if, you know, I'm. this is my show now. Don't be such a beard splitter. Yeah, you dirty beard splitter. Beard splitting <laughs> the Cecily. I, I keep having a hard time remembering the first part. Cecily. It's the... Beard splitter bum for Cecily Bum Trinket. Mm-hmm. That is a mouthful. So, yes, if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, um, simply look up 
That's <laughs> real the swear word. What are you doing? This is the um, uh, Bailey Boo show. Yeah, apparently this is the Bebop. How many names does your dog have now? Well, let's see. He's got Oliver. He's got Ollie. He's got Goober. Um, there's a few that just kind of come off the top of my, my head that I can't think of right now. But um, Okay, now that the casual looky-loos are gone. Are we getting serious now? We're going to get serious now because, well, it's that time. I'm going to turn off the phones here. It's time to get... I told Gordon we would wait until later on in the show. Are you deciding you want off the desk now? You're like kicking me in the stomach. What are you doing? Um, we need to talk... She, want you to, she wants you to look at her Cecily bum trinket. She's like like jackrabbit kicking me in the stomach. Um, it's that time that we get down to brass tacks, unfortunately. And that is this new full-blown censorship that's going on. Um, obviously, it started years ago primarily towards people of conservative values and conservative speech but as of a new update tonight mm-hmm. um what's good for the goose is good for the gander but we'll wait on that um as we all know we've talked about on here um a while back a few years ago now i think when did we say i signed up for parlor it was like 2000 yeah, it was actually like over a year ago let me and i haven't been back on parlor in in months well i can still pull up my profile but the rest of the page is down so i signed up oh it's no longer showing when i joined but I, I i signed up about a year or two ago um not because i'm conservative or not because i was um boycotting twitter but primarily anytime a new platform comes out i try to jump on it in order to promote mm-hmm. this show because there's less there's less um competition the same reason I signed up for YouTube. There's less competition. There's less content creators out there. So as people come over to that site and they're looking at content, my stuff will be there and I get more eyes instead of competing with the 38 billion people that are on YouTube and same with Twitter. And so I signed up a while back. Now we all know, we all can agree that during the summer of 20 with all the uh, peaceful protests, Wait, are these the peaceful, same peaceful protests that uh, ended up in the destruction of private property and businesses? No, these were the peaceful protests that participated in the practice and experimentation with high, um, with um, flammables and um, flashbangs. Um, but all that stuff was shared, published, posted all over social media. Mm-hmm. There Correct. are countless videos of um, politicians and governors and people from a certain side of the aisle who are saying this stuff needs to happen. This is peaceful protest. This is what we're all for. This mm-hmm. is people getting their words out. There were people who supported other people who died at these protests. There were people who were shot by other people who probably shouldn't have been there and definitely was too young to have a rifle. So right. there were deaths at these, these protests and there was property damage. And riots, right? Yeah, the riots. And no one had a problem with this stuff being shared as free. We got to identify there's difference. Yes. At the riots. And, um, you know, no one really cared that um, Twitter was openly sharing this stuff and Facebook and everywhere else because that's what these social platforms do. They share what's going on with the world. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we know the reason Parler came out is because like your Mark Levin's, your Sean Hannity's and all these other people. How many? Bro- I just learned that our local Fox News affiliate has a local mm. morning show. I think he lost his YouTube channel a few weeks ago. He was canceled, even on a small scale. So even his account had been canceled. 
And so Parlor popped up, and as they started more and more of the banning of people with certain ideas, like Parlor was saying they're getting like 9 million people a day on there or something like that. Dear God. Well, then we heard what happened on Wednesday with these assholes who went and did what they did. Yeah, you guys have totally undone anything positive. Yeah. And what you're expecting to be done and having Pence overturn it or Congress, that is actually, and I know it's going to be hard to believe this, unconstitutional. And I got the evidence and the sound clips to present that here momentarily. But we'll get back to the whole parlor thing. Mm -hmm. And so there was a school of thought going around in the big tech world, especially the big tech who share the same thoughts, concerns, and ideas, and, well, the same donation so parties. Ideolo- ideologically aligned with a certain party. Yes. So okay. iTunes sent Parler a 24-hour notice that, hey, if you don't start subjecting your app and your users to the same, we won't quite say censorship policies, but that's what they are, your um, community standard guidelines as Twitter and Facebook and the other apps, we are going to remove you from our app store. I.e., you need to lock in march step with the rest of us. March and lockstep with the rest of us. To which Parler said, hey, our whole thing is that you can be Democrat, you can be Republican, you can be a tree hugger as long as you're not actively doing stuff that's legal, illegal. Well, and to be fair. Yep. If a tree hugger posted something on Parler about their views... What kind of response? Oh, they, they would get, get torn apart. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, neither one of and us. I'm not, and I'm not backing. Please get me yeah, straight. Was, I'm not backing the censorship. To, saying, be ne- fair, ne- to be fair. To be fair. Neither one of us are saying that, you know, we're pro parlor, but we are pro free speech. Absolutely. Um, I even think one of the last posts I put on parlor is said, I said, hey, just because we're here doesn't mean we want to see your political bullshit. That's the reason why we left Twitter. We're kind of looking for sanctuary. And, um, but anyhow, Parler said, no, iTunes said, fuck you, pulled them down from the app. So now if you have an iPhone and if you don't already have Parler installed, you can no longer get it because on an iPhone, the only way you can install an app is through the app store. So I could never get the app to work right. I actually had to do a, a shortcut to my home screen with the, the browser. I had to log out of mine, log back in before it would finally update. Cause it didn't show I, none of my posts were posting for months. And then I finally logged out, logged back in. And um, because once again, I'll just post a link to our podcast. And interestingly enough, the same day, Google decided to do the same thing. They didn't give them the warning, though. They just took the shit down. So you got your two ginormous search engines. And app, I should say more like app uh, app stores. Okay, so the goal of trying to prevent people, i.e. users, people who buy your product and pay for your services... You have decided that it's up to you to determine if they are allowed to have this app. They didn't put an age restriction on it. They didn't say, okay, we're not going to allow people who are under the age 18 to download this app. They just got rid of it altogether. And Google did the same thing. Now, do you think they'd stop there? We're preventing new people from downloading the app. Thus, Oh, no. It gets bigger and more sinister. Well, there's, there's a problem with that. Well, what's the problem? Well, there's people already have it. Those people are sharing ideas. And the other and, and the new And these ideas is what's created these riots. Yes, and that's the thing. They're they're claiming that Parlor is personally responsible for 
what happened with the assholes in D.C. Now, some people are saying those assholes weren't Trump supporters. Some people that's neither here nor there, regardless what they were. Well, well, and let's think about that. Let's just distill this down a little bit. So either you have a group of people together in a congregation somewhere sharing the same ideas, or you have a group of people together, albeit larger, on an online variant of it sharing the same ideas. Either way, disagree, which I do, it's still freedom of speech. It's still your First Amendment rights. Well, and there used to be a saying in our parents' generation that uh, you have the freedom to say what you want. I had the freedom to not like what you said, but I will also stand by your side and protect your right to say the bullshit that I don't agree with, which that has been long gone. Yeah, the agree to disagree is gone. Out the fucking window. And so, okay, no one can download the app if they haven't had it previously. No, no worries. Problem solved. That's not good enough because after all, they are the reason, even as we openly said on, you can go on Twitter now, still find tweets about why the Black Lives Matter protest and, and this, that, and the other thing, all these other protests and fire burnings and all this stuff. That was mm-hmm. perfectly fine to share and there's still content out there. You can find screenshots all day long. That's fine. But because they claimed that Parler was the reason for the season of what happened on Wednesday with these dumb dipshits, Amazon, who was the web host for Parler's backbone, told them on Sunday they're going to shut their shit down. And let's actually think about that. Amazon, who is the world's largest um, online retailer, arguably, say, the world's largest retailer. Owned by the richest man in the world. let's, Let's go even further. A guy who has his own space program which is more than a lot of countries have. No, you're it's mixing a, you're yeah. mi- you're mixing oh, Elon Bezos. Musk with uh, oh, oh Jeff Bezos Blue Blue Origins absolutely oh he has one too too oh on hundred percent wow I so wasn't a guy aware of that's that. powerful says you know at least his company anyway not necessarily from him says nah now Musk is actually kind of back some of the stuff but uh just think about that. Remember how, and I've been slammed for saying some of the shit we've been seeing is Orwellian. Mm -hmm. Well, Big Brother is big tech. No, they're hand in hand. 100%. It's not Big Brother, it's big tech. Okay, so we're off a little bit. And uh, that's what's scary. And and what scares me is if the current incoming administration gets their wishes on gun control, and we do have to register something, you have to at least, if if you got CCW, you got to at least register what you carry right mm-hmm. you're going to have to have something minimum what is to say and and i'm going to put my tinfoil hat on what is to say that they don't get together and sit, look through your social media and see the things you're interested in the things you track because it's tracked on google and say you know what we don't think we don't agree with your we're not going to say it this way but we don't agree with your your political views of the world uh we think that you may be too unstable because that precedence has been set because of fucking the sixth well, too the, unstable to hold on to a firearm. Well, the so president we, has been okay. set that employers use social media when doing background checking on potential hiring and, yeah. and Twitter that's been on for decades. and Twitter yeah. has made it perfectly acceptable to dig up tweets from people when they're 12 years old who are 23 now and fire them. But anyhow, we're going off path. And so did Amazon stick to their, Threat. I have him on the show tonight. John, thanks so much for coming on. I have to start at the end CEO and ask of Parler. you if it, since you built this application as a kind of safe space for freedom of speech, this is did you ever imagine Valley. that Amazon Web Services could or would shut you down in an instant? 
Thank you for having me on. Um, I've theorized about it. You know, we've definitely theorized about it. Uh, you, you just never think it'll happen, though, right? You, you know, and uh, what's really interesting is uh, that they all did it on the same day, those three, without any prior mm. warning. We woke up on Friday thinking business, well, not never business as usual parlor, but at least as close to usual as possible. We were number one on the App Store. We, we, you know, we had 7 million, almost 7 million unique people on the app that day. Um, and we get a notice, you know, you're in violation of our terms, one after another. But we found out first, in some cases, not from the companies, but from BuzzFeed. You know, we didn't get a notice from Google. We read it online in the news first. And uh, that is shocking. And then after they set that example, you know, we get an email after email. You know, it's almost like you, you were just waiting. Who's going to be next? Dumping us. Everybody. The last thing we have right now is email. And I bet you within 24 hours, our email will be shut off, too. I see. It. I just got to ask you because I can't because I think this is a referendum on American society and where we are and where we're going. The left used to stand up for civil liberties. The famously moderate Joe Manchin approves of this. Apart from Glenn Greenwald and Michael Tracy, God bless them both. I haven't seen any liberals stand up to say, wow, this is really scary. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Here's where it gets real scary. So he's like, you know, Parler is actually based out of Henderson. right? Next well, here's the real scary part. He's like, OK, well, Amazon's not the only host out there, right? Correct. A lot. You know, this is not just, you know, our civil liberties. They can shut down a billion dollar company, half a billion to a yeah. billion dollar company. That's what we were getting valuations at overnight. Watch this. Are you going to be back up soon? Uh, we will be back up eventually because we're not going to give up. Uh, but it, it soon is difficult. You know, I thought immediately, oh, no problem. We'll call up a new vendor. Right. We call up the vendor. We're all good to go. And then right at the last second, sorry, somebody said something we can't host you by. And it's been that one after another ever since then. So they've right been the blackballed. They, just, they, just they cannot find a host. So we're going to do it. Now, so they can't even get a switch, which is here. In, in no. So what they got to do now is they got to build a data center. They're going to have to build a data center, buy their own servers, get their own backbone. So, yeah, you may want to write up a quote. Now, I know what you're saying, Don, who cares? These are people who spread hate speech. Okay, I'll play the devil's advocate. Now, if it's good enough for the goose, good enough for the gander. This just came out. Now, granted, these are going to be small ISPs and small towns. But this is where the slippery slope gets slippery. These tech companies have said, hey, it's perfectly all right for us to block the speech of people we don't agree with because there are our services. There are servers we pay. And, and I've said this in the past. I've said this when, back when it was the Waterman Deep Train show that, you know, all these people get, do you see these new Facebook terms of services, what they can do with your photographs? And I'm the first person to say, look, it's a free service. You're storing your photos on their server and their data center on their internet that they're paying for, yada, yada, yada. But, and I know it's all about Article 230 or whatever the fuck it's called, but number one, the internet was created by the U.S. government. And number two, now you're going into basically editorializing everything online. And there you need to fall under a stricter standard like publishing companies need to. Well, let me get to this new breaking story. This is why you don't support censorship at all, whether it's someone saying shit you don't agree with or yeah, you saying shit that someone else don't agree with. Dateline, January 11th, 2021, 5.29 p.m. ISPs block Twitter and Facebook to protest anti-Trump censorship. 
So now you got tech companies who are blocking. What are you doing? You can't do that. That's censorship. You have ISP. You have Twitter and Facebook. And apparently I saw a TikTok woman. It was a joke. But it was like, she's like, oh, my God, this is bullshit. Trump should have access to all the beautiful recipes on Pinterest like everybody else. I don't know if Pinterest has blocked him or not. But anyhow. Um, now, obviously, these are small companies in Idaho and I think Colorado, so their their thumbprint's going to be small. But still, if you're one of these people living out in nowhere Idaho and nowhere Colorado and these are your internet service providers, I guarantee you they are pissed that they can't get on Facebook and Twitter without using their cell phones just like you would be. And so this is how this shit spreads. You got one company said in the president, and now the other people who are on the other side are affecting their viewers. A small internet a small Idaho internet service provider has decided to protest censorship, ironically, by censoring, by blocking its users from accessing Twitter and Facebook. Quote, it has come to our attention that Twitter and Facebook are engaged in censorship of our customers and information. Uh, Priest, well, there you go. Priest River, Idaho, ISP, your T1 Wi-Fi told us and its subscribers in its email. The ISP says that users will have Facebook and Twitter blocked by default and that those who want to access it will need to have it whitelisted, which means you got to log into your account or your router. And for people who don't know anything, you know, that's it's not a lot of work, but it's a lot of work for some people. The company claims it was responding to calls from customers demanding that their families and children be prevented from accessing the websites. Well, why don't you instruct those people on how to blacklist it instead of blacklisting it by default? So now you're fighting censorship by censoring these websites from your customers. Quote, our company does not believe a website or social network site has the authority to censor what you see and post and hide information from you. Stop you from seeing what your friends and family are posting. The email states, this is why, with the amount of concern, we have made this decision. So you're fighting censorship with censorship. As Raylan Givens from the show um, Justified. Justified said, and hopefully this will be the ultimate result, wonderful things can happen when you sow seeds of distrust in a garden of assholes. I'm disappointed. I thought you were going to say, if you run into assholes in the morning... And you're running assholes in the afternoon. Chances yes, are you're the asshole. Be, yeah, if you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you run into assholes all day long, maybe you're the asshole. And so we 100. And so this is kind of the whole point of why you shouldn't promote censorship either way. Because once once censorship becomes um, palatable on the small things. Well, it's easily transferred into the bigger things. And so well, and something that it. you may not agree with today getting censored that you don't have a problem with three weeks from now, it may be something that you do care about that's getting censored. And well, by that point, especially when the government or big tech gets involved, there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. And when I was showing my phone, I was basically showing that the parlor feed is completely blank. Yes. So, and, and, and within the sound of my voice, I know I'm going to make some people mad, but we really, this is where we need to step back. We got people got an idea like, you know, what they wanted to do with Congress, which, you know, the reason all oh, the Democrats did it, you know, when Trump was elected. Well, number one, think about what you're asking to be done, because the enemy will use that to their benefit later. Really think about it. So, hey, I'm setting a precedence now that we can get this done. Who's you know, damn well, the people on the other side of your views are going to use that same precedence and basically shove it in your face. So, and you're, and, and things are going to get worse. It is things called a bad precedence for a reason. So the problem is, is everybody's got these blinders on, right? This is all I see. 
This is all I understand. And we're not looking at the big picture. And, and again, going back to the first or the second and third order of effects for anything you do, it's, it's a legitimate deal. We just got to, if you're, if you're confused on why you shouldn't support what happened at the Capitol building, if you need evidence to reinforce why, even if you're on the right, if why you shouldn't infor- uh, to believe what happened was, ironically, to use the phrase of the TV show we refer to, justified. Listen to Dan Crenshaw's podcast, and I pulled five clips that I'll play just to lay the groundwork. We're not going to get into this whole show. But Dan Crenshaw is a Republican. He is the serviceman who lost his eye in battle. He's the one that Saturday Night Live made fun of. Yep. And uh, he's a Navy SEAL. And he was kind of getting a little shit from his constituency before this all happened that he wasn't going to support the um, what people thought were going to happen on the 6th as far as trying to uh, vote against the results of the election. And he made it clear that he wasn't going to vote down the results of the election because that is not in their power. And I'm just going to play a few clips here, and we'll, it kind of lays the groundwork for it. Here's the first one. Why what people thought that they were able to achieve on the 6th was a lie. People were lied to about what January 6th really was. They were told that this would be your last stand. This would be the place where you could finally make a difference. This is the final certification of, of the election, they were told. And if you just object to it and provide the evidence, we could make our case and Donald Trump would be president. That's what people were told. You were told this by the people you trust in media. You were told this by commentators. You were told this by elected officials. The president himself told you this, and they lied to you. They felt the energy, the anger bubbling up, and they took hold of it. They engaged in what I call reflective leadership. If you feel something, then I'll just reflect it back on you. It's a form of manipulation. You need to learn to recognize it because a lot of politicians like to do it. Transformational leadership is real leadership. It basically just means telling you the truth. But nobody wanted to say the truth. And then he goes on to say that, coincidentally, the people who were suggesting that people show up down there, they themselves didn't show up that day because they kind of had a sneaking suspicion that uh, shit was popping off. So what is the truth about the sixth? What exactly is the sixth? Whoops, wrong button, stupid. The truth was January 6th was never going to fix anything. January 6th has always been a ceremonial process where the electoral counts are counted by the vice president in the presence of the Congress as written in Article 2 of the Constitution. And then they are counted and the next president is declared. The Constitution has never laid out any process for objections or debate or voting unless nobody reaches a majority it's the only contingency laid out by the constitution the constitution doesn't allow for this process period and yet people told you it did people told you more than that they said this is our 1776 this is our time to stand and fight finally not against those traitors who won't do it with us but why why not why can't Congress decide who the president's going to be? What's the harm in that, Gordon? What could possibly be, why can't we do that? They knew full well that, that this actions turn our system of government, our Congress, into a parliament. 
in which the, the president is all of a sudden elected by the Congress instead of the state's electors as prescribed by the Constitution, they know all of this. And millions and millions of people were manipulated into believing that this is a valid process, that this process has precedent, and that it's constitutional. Not only is it constitutional, they said, but you're protecting the Constitution by doing this. I'm going to lay out for you why that's so wrong. So for those of you not following along, basically what he's saying, the, the, the sixth and what happens on the sixth is simply ceremonial. There is nothing, this is not a wedding. You're not going to stand up and stop the bride from marrying a groom when they say, you know, does anybody object to this? Because the Constitution states that the president is elected through a system of elections where he's voted on by the people. And I didn't pull the clip, but he later on says the reason that the Supreme Court judge voted down the um, attempt to pull, I think it was Wisconsin's votes because they moved their uh, cutoff date. Uh, Arizona too. Arizona. Yeah. They, 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 we moved the date, yes. He, Expecting basically that anything that ever happens in an election has to be gone through legislature. Well, he also and, pointed out that Texas did the same, but no one had a problem with that because the results went the way they wanted. And exactly. basically what the judge said is, look, um, the, there's no thing saying they had to pass a law about the dates. At the end of the day, the moving of the date did not prevent the people from voting for the president. So whether or not you like the results, at the end of the day, people showed up, people mailed in, the people voted, which is the outline of the Constitution. If I were to throw out these votes, all I'm doing is setting precedent so that every four years, regardless who wins, whether it's your side or the other side, this shit's going to happen over and over again. It'll be no longer president voted by the people. It'll be the president who wins has the stronger set of lawyers who are able to manipulate the system. And so he wasn't ready to set that precedent because these states did not prevent people from casting their votes. And yeah, so that's a slippery slope that turns into a cliff. And so as I set this whole thing up, I'm like, even if you're a Trump supporter and you're questioning whether or not you should support what happened, you should not. Because once again, we don't want to set precedent because anything we set today, because we want our, and I'm saying we as a proverbial, we, I, I'm not in this camp. What we want today is going to affect us tomorrow. Just like I didn't understand why when they're pushing out the new stimulus checks, someone even, even believe it or not, Pelosi and Harry Reid said, holy fuck, we don't know who did this. Someone snuck in there that they wanted to get rid of the insurrection act, which is the same act Trump used to help bring in national guards during the protest of black lives matter. Someone wanted to put that in there, not removing the power from Trump, but removing the power from the president, regardless of what side the president's on. So that means let's say shit pops off during Biden's election. If he lost, if that went through, he would have lost the power to do the same thing. And, and what's odd about that. Now that you said that, cause I remember hearing it is the sixth in the insurrection that happened there. Yeah. It is almost like it was precursor. If that yeah. would have passed, yeah. And things really popped off, then Trump wouldn't have had the ability to bring in the military to stop what happened on the 6th, assuming that the 6th was, as a lot of people are believing, that wasn't a group of grassroots Trump supporters. That was put in place. Those were professional agitators. 
Um, well, and that's where your QAnon gets people in trouble. So, mm-hmm. and, and and that's the problem. It's always somewhere in the middle. And we got to remember that because you got your crazy left and you got your crazy right. And people will get into these echo chambers. And it is true. And that's kind of one of the reasons I didn't like Parler is because it was an echo chamber statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're not listening to people like Dan Crenshaw, who actually was a Trump supporter. I'm pretty sure he voted for him. But level heads will prevail and that's what we need and to be quite honest if that guy runs for president i'm definitely on his his train and we saw the same thing during the black lives matter movement where you had that group of extremists um black lives well yeah no not they weren't black lives matter someone showed up the the cats with the that we saw the horrible training videos for they're like a black militia or some shit out in the woods and like what was his name uh he he was like a hip-hop star or some shit but same thing happened their movement was taken over by Grandmaster J. Yeah, their, the Black Lives Matter movement was taken over by an extremist. And anytime you have a large group of people, especially with planning goes in, there's going to be an outlier group who's going to come in and do their dirty deeds under the mask of the real group. Just like, I'm sorry, but I once again, I don't think this was mom and pa and a group of Trumps. This was a, a group of anarchists or whatever who were down there under the guise. But anyhow, let me finish up with clip number four. This whole argument of they did it first. The hey, well, you know, when when Trump was elected, they they tried to to vote him down on the sixth, and they tried to do the same thing. Well, as we just said, we can't support it on either side because we're, we're laying precedence for this crap to continue. Do we really want to get a, a to a part that? Every election, regardless who wins, the other side is just going to get a bunch of lawyers and do the shit every single every four years. No, we don't. Is this process even constitutional? With consequences like that, with the overturning of an election, is this process even constitutional? Article two is very clear: the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves, and they shall make a list of all the persons voted for and of the number of votes for each which the list shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the president of the Senate. The president of the Senate, this is the vice president, shall in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes shall be the president. If such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed. And if there be more than one who have such majority and have an equal number of votes in the House of Representatives shall immediately choose by ballot one of them for president. Okay, so what are we, what are we reading here in this funny 18th century legal language? It's laying out a process. It's saying exactly what you do. This isn't vague. It's not vague at all. Okay, the states choose their electors. They certify them. They transmit and seal it to the vice president. The vice president opens it in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives, it counts them, and the majority shall be president. It does not say, if you feel like objecting, object. It does not say certify in the Congress. That's an important one. That's what everybody keeps saying. Well, we're certifying it. No. The Constitution lays out no such process. There is no certification. It is ceremonial. You sit there and you watch it get open. It is a count. And it's interesting to see how many of the diehard Trump supporters are going after Mike Pence because they were expecting him to squash his whole thing. And once again, Mike Pence is a smart guy. He didn't get where he is because he's an asshole. I'm sure he's corrupt like every other politician, but the point being is I don't know anything about Mike Pence other than the fact that what he's done while in office under Trump. 
but he at least appears to have enough common sense and knowledge of history and the Constitution to realize that if he would have done anything other than to do what he did, he would be once again setting precedent for this behavior, this unconstitutional behavior over a ceremonial act that has no real policy or ability to change the outcome because the outcome is the outcome. The votes have been cast. They've been counted. These are the totals of the votes. Uh, all the opportunities of lawsuits, of recounts, they have now have been since extinguished. So he carried out his job. He recorded the information as it was presented to him. And it's amazing to see people come out against him. Now, the last clip sums us all up. It goes in great detail. It's like a two-hour-long podcast. So go check it out. It's my uh, Dan Crenshaw podcast you can hear on Spotify. But why did the Framing Fathers present why did they construct this policy this way what why what were they trying to prevent see what i'm gonna get at here is that what happened on january 6 in 2021 was exactly what the founders foresaw they were afraid of creating the exact situation that we saw on wednesday where in a single time in a single place with a single group of people who can be persuaded because they happen to be elected officials or loyal to the president to vote a certain way. It should come as no surprise if that if this was truly how our system was intended to work, that every single time on January 6th, every four years, some kind of mob would descend upon the Capitol. Interest groups would be having their say, stakeholders, commentators, everybody, everything would be on this group of people. Does this seem like a good idea to anybody? I mean, after this last Wednesday, I don't see how it could. So they're trying to avoid mob rule. They're trying to prevent four years of policy being created over feelings and emotions of a, of a brief moment. Yeah, if we think special interest groups are bad now yeah. with Congress, imagine it then. That is, you are sowing the seeds of this is who's going to be president. Imagine if this was this standard protocol. You wouldn't even run advertisements. You wouldn't even run campaigns. Yeah. You would just save all the money, wait until the sixth rolled around, and then you would hire a bunch of freaking people who are easily persuaded to go down there and catch shit on fire to get your guy in office. And to be fair with Dan Crenshaw, just in case, uh, you know, there's some people listening who are just like, F him, blah, blah, blah. He also, just like us, admits that the mail-in voting was ripe for fraud. And, but the problem is we need to move forward from this and fix it now. We can't backtrack and, and uh, get rid of people's votes with the way people wanted to. We got to fix it now. I you know, look, I'm all in, all for mail-in voting, but it's got to have an ID and maybe a fingerprint. Maybe a fingerprint that verifies who you are now, but then you get into a whole other wormhole on that one with identity and Big Brother knows what's going on. But that's the only way, in my opinion. I think that's going to wrap up this little segment on this week's yep. show. I think we pretty much covered it. Let's clear everything. Let's clear, We need a palate cleanser. Let's bring the entertainment back. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. My God, did you know there are three places you could stay for free? Yo motherfucking lane, the fuck about my business, and the fuck over there. <laughs> and this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. True words have never been spoken. Fan-effing-tastic. Oh. Let's do one more spot real quick. Another a real, a real last palate cleanser here you know what pisses me off in this life huh you know what makes me mad it's 
goddamn software tech support. You got many types of tech support. You got phone tech support. You got email tech support. You got chat tech support. And none of them are worth a shit. But what I want to know is, if you're reading self-help documentation from your website without any formal training, then how in the hell can you be a software tech support, huh? By the way, if you found yourself in the Capitol building on the 6th, um, I don't know if you know, they're, they're doing what they call geofencing warrants. If your cell phone pinged from the property on that day, don't be surprised if a couple of men in blue jumpsuit, uh, blue windbreakers show up at your house because they are serving those warrants. And, I believe that goes back to the Patriot Act. Yeah. So, yeah, don't be surprised that that happens. Um, I know we just did a palate cleanser. I just want to get that out there. Question for you, Gordon. You've lived in many estates, and I have lived in many estates. And we've often talked about how for someone to truly grow as a person, the best way to change, if you will, is to try to figure out what that clicking noise is. I hear. Are you playing with the wheel on your mouse? Yeah, I'm working the pimp wheel. How crazy is that? That I, as a computer guy, knew that that sound in the background. Two things. One, working on radio for six and a half years, um, I've come to very attuned to identifying sounds in a, in a radio st uh, studio of what's going on. But as a computer guy, I didn't even see your hand. I knew that that sound was the sound of the wheel on your mouse. That's crazy. But I've, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, choo-choo. Um, what was I going for? Pick it up. Pick oh, yeah. it up. Pick it up. <clears throat> so we, we've often said to, to grow as a person and to experience life, one should travel. Yes. And now we also know that fine states like California and New York, New Jersey are having mass exodus. Yeah. Whether it's from local policy or whether it's people realizing, hey, maybe in a time of uh, health issues, the being stacked on top of people in recirculated air is not the best place to be for my health. Yep. And so you got people leaving to Texas, Tennessee, uh, Tampa, Florida. And this leads to an interesting concern whether or not those people leaving these areas will change the pop culture, ideological environment of those situations, but of those areas. But let me present another argument. I think that will happen to a certain extent, but I also believe, and I know from myself in general, because I live in the dirty, dirty South and my views have changed a lot since I left California, which when I lived in California, my, views were changing a little bit. I only lived there for three years from some of the views I had growing up in Ohio, which is it'll be interesting to see how many of these people change the towns in which they're moving to, or how many of these people will be changed by the towns that they're moving to. And hopefully it's the latter. It'll be interesting to see how many people's um, views, thoughts, and opinions change when they move to a new environment. Cause as we said before, the biggest problem with news is they're all out in New York and California. They all have tunnel vision. Whereas if we started moving some of these news places throughout the country, we'd get different opinions and different views based on where people live. Do you think people are more likely to change the environment or the environment's going to change them? Unfortunately, I think they're going to try to change the environment. And that's just, been, I mean, we're seeing it here. Uh, although I think the people who thirst for power, to be fair, will, 
when they did the voting this year, it was a very, very tight compared to 2016. It's it just as tight. It still leaned a little blue here in Clark County. So I'm hoping that some of the Californians, yeah, you fuckers, are actually more in line with freedom and 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 the constitution than those who have wrecked their own state. They're like locusts, right? Locust goes in and they just destroy all the crops, makes it worthless and moves on. That's the way I see Californians. Yeah, but see, sorry. it's not an overnight change. You know, it's not like they're going to move to Texas and all of a sudden wear a hat and and, and oh, like they guns. got close. Um, it, it happens over time. Yes. It, you know, the environmental change, you, your thoughts, your your type of music you listen to, your your way, your views on farming or whatever. That doesn't happen overnight. But as you immerse yourself in the environment and you spend four or five years working around people of certain types, uh, certain belief system, it starts to yeah. rub off on you. So well, what we may see is as the years progress, these people who moved out to California who held or New York and New Jersey who held on their belief structure for so long, five, six years later, it may start swaying back the other way. Hopefully they gain what we call wisdom. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, yes. You ready for Hopefully, the news? Let's do the news. News and shit. News and shit. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, before you get to the news, let me get this plug in. This episode of the What's In Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at At Computers. That's right, At Computers has been providing IT solutions for all Southwest Florida since 2004. Whether you need laptop repair, computer repair, two-form authentication, network expansion, security cameras installation, what have you, give them a call, 239-283-1120. Online backup super important right now this time of strife, computer failures, and people shutting down everything you may have. You know, you may have your website up on a server and all of a sudden it gets, well, we can't really back up other people's servers. But when you build that website on your computer before you upload it to the web server who may delete all your crap, make sure you back it up with uh, online backups. Give them a call at 239-283-1120 or go to act-capecoral.com. Even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can help you through their website. They can log into your computer with your permission remotely. Once again, that's 239-283-1120 or go to act-capecoral.com. Gordon, as uh, people who are hanging out with us on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Periscope, and later mm-hmm. on, people watching the rerun on YouTube, they may notice this beautiful green olive drab shirt I have on. It says Suck It Up Buttercup. If you want a Suck It Up Buttercup shirt like Morgan Long does, which Morgan yours is in the mail, head over to d-410.com, click on the merch link, or look for the logo of the t-shirts, and you'll have access to our full web store. And if you use the promo code ILISTEN, all capital letters, all one word, ILISTEN, that'll save you $4.00. And you can order any of the shirts that you wish. You can help promote the show, promote the podcast, promote the channel. Head over to d-410.com. And while you're there, if you're on a tablet or a laptop, scroll all the way to the bottom. Look for that beautiful big orange Patreon link. Please sign up for Patreon. By the way, Patreon OG5 listeners, I have been active. Gordon, not so much, but he's going to get on it. Um, I posted three exclusive videos this week. And um, so the exclusive content is coming. There is a podcast from New Year's Eve that's up there. So head over to, if you're a Patreon, just log in your Patreon account and you'll see the post to the exclusive videos that I put up this week, as well as the podcast audio of the New Year's Eve episode. And if you haven't signed up for Patreon, it's a dollar a month. Head over to d-410.com or look for Digital 410 at patreon.com. And last but not least, please head over to youtube.com and uh, subscribe to the Digital 410 Network. And now back to Gordon. So the nice thing about that Suck It Up Buttercup shirt is it may have been more towards snowflakes at the beginning, but now that thing cuts both ways. I was walking in a Publix like two weeks ago with this bad boy mm-hmm. on. 
And the lady stops out. Oh, I like that shirt. I was like, you can get it at d-410.com. So I've gotten compliments on the shirt, even from random people. All right. So you may want to keep Bailey's ears closed on this next story. Uh, she's, I think she went to sleep with Nugget. So uh, Ben and Jerry's mm-hmm. has now decided to enter the pet food business. Oh, boy. She doesn't already get enough pup cups. See, actually, I don't do pup cups because allegedly they're bad for dogs. I'll do the puppy patty. Sugar, come on. Of course. Uh, well, it's the dairy. Anyway, um, so if you think your dog deserves a dessert, well, so do the folks over at Ben and Jerry's. So the uh, Vermont Ice Cream Company said Monday it, it's introducing a – I've had too much whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, a line of frozen dog treats as its first foray into the what's evidently a very lucrative pet food market. Do you say foray or is this one of those um, news, news writers who like to get punny say a new foray? Nope, it's a foray. Uh-huh. Doggy desserts is what they're going to be called. It's going to be sold in four ounce cups. And as we know, that Ben and Jerry's ain't cheap to begin with. And goes on sale in the United States grocery stores and pet stores later this month. This treat will come in two flavors. And this first flavor, don't sleep on, especially if you got a gassy dog. Pumpkin with cookies and peanut butter with pretzels. I'm going to say pumpkin because we started giving uh, little Oliver some pumpkin in his deal because they sell it at the pet store. But mm-hmm. Just go to Walmart and buy the stuff for the pumpkin pie. It's the same shit as pureed with no sugar. <clears throat> anyway, the dog, doggy desserts uh, will have that, and it will be a peanut butter uh, with pretzel. Both are made with a base of sunflower butter. They're made from the same ingredients as Ben & Jerry's uh, non-dairy human desserts. So Ben & Jerry's is the latest food company to uh, to migrate over to pets uh you know they've kind of detected the opportunity as more americans acquire furry friends us and the number of u.s household with pets rose six from six point i say they rose 6.5 percent to 84.9 million wow in the years of 2015 and 2020 and this is according to the american pet products association which is a trade group so general mills uh, they make the Cheerios, as we know. They make Hagen dazs mm-hmm. They make Blue Buffalo Pet. They bought Blue Buffalo Pet Food back in 2018. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, jelly maker J.M. Schmuckers bought the Big Heart Pet brands, which makes Meow Mix and Milkbone, back in 2015. And then later, three years later, Schmuckers acquired Ainsworth Pet Nutrition, which makes Nourish Brand Pet. As we know, Master Foods, which is the mm-hmm. people who own Uncle Brands, they they've forever owned uh, Cal Cal Cam, Cam, Whiskers, and, Sheba, and all that stuff. So in April, Nestle bought British Natural Pet Food Company, uh, Lily's Kitchen. So pet food, uh, who you know, Nestle also owned Purina, but uh, pet food is huge. Uh, it's expensive, <laughs> and uh, now Ben and Jerry's is going to be making their puppy ice cream. So. That is something. Now the treats are going to be two ninety nine per cup or four ninety nine for four. I'm gonna. I uh, go ahead. Are you done with that story? And uh, I am done with that story. So let I me uh, sure. swing the news spotlight over here. And now breaking news. I've often said that Cape Coral is the vacation spot of the Germans. A few years back, the German equivalent of a Discovery das Channel did some TV stage uh, shows down here. I've have a few German clients. Dateline, Cape Coral, Florida, as of three days ago, pop star wanted in Germany hides out in Cape Coral. 
Hmm. An international superstar well-known in many European countries is living Wait, wait, is it David Hasselhoff? No, an international superstar, David Hasselhoff. Well, he is international. But he's no superstar. (laughs) Well-known in many European cities is living right here in Lee County. It turns out... It turns out he's dodging more than just a spotlight of uh it turns out he's dodging more than just a spotlight but foreign creditors as well. Singer and TV star Michael Windler, 48, is wanted in by the German government. Windler is a well-known celebrity in European countries like Austria, Switzerland, but most notably Germany. As a pop star, Windler, whose birth name is Michael Norberg, migrated from the country and is now living in Cape Coral. Some some who know him believes he is hiding out in the United States from the German government and that his creditors are looking for him. Quote by a source, he told me once he likes the water, the waterways, and the boating, and therefore he picked Cape Coral, this, this snitch said, uh, named Yuli Winkler. Winkler, who's also from Germany, has been a longtime friend of Windler. Winkler, new Windler, left Germany after facing charges of fraudulent bankruptcy. Jesus Christ, Winkler and Windler, that's a fucking tongue. Yeah, right. Quote, he left Germany for good, said he will never return, Winkler said. Windler reportedly still owes creditors millions, and he has seen recently on social media attacking the German government. Quote, he compared Germany with its concentration camps and is a no-go. Absolutely no-go. You should not mention this, Winkler said. German newspapers report Windler is being sued by the RTL-TV for breaking a contract to appear on Germany's version of American Idol, i.e. German Idol. He's hiding here not to receive... He's hiding here so he's not to receive the punishment. Windler is living in the USA on a green card. The German government has asked the United States to send his ass back to Germany to face charges. So you know we run to Mexico, about... Germans run to Cape Coral, Florida. You know what's interesting about Germany and Germans? What's that? Germans are his are no, renowned for being efficient people, right? Yes. Whenever uh, the best thing about working on Germans' computers, like when you're reinstalling programs, if you ask them what a password is. You don't play this game of 45 minutes trying every password from every post-it note stuck under every computer keyboard. They will produce you a three-ring binder with printed-out paperwork of every updated password they've ever had. What's interesting is they're efficient people. There's clocks everywhere, but yet their language is inefficient because they basically just take words and stack other words on them. And it sounds anyway. very, very angry. No, no, I actually appreciate the German people. So uh, what would be the no, I said the language without a naked man? I don't know. Is that a Florida naked man? Uh, no, it could be the Australian equivalent of a Florida naked man. But in Canberra, Australia, coming in from the AP, two fishermen have, make, make, have rescued a naked man who they found sitting on a tree branch in the Australian crocodile habitat making it sit on a tree naked man like that butthole surfer song about naked man the thing about this naked man is he's actually a naked fugitive cam faust that sounds german says wednesday that he and a fellow recreational fisherman keith joiner heard one luke ready for the last last name Voskrinski, gee, imagine that he must be Polish. Forty, uh, yell for help Sunday as they set help crab me. traps. Somebody help from me. their dinghy in the mangroves, and dinghy. you know all about mangroves mm-hmm. out there in Florida, on the outskirts of the northern city of and get the name of this city, naked man in a crocodile habitat, Darwin. 
Fell said Varetskinski, whatever the fuck you say his name, who uh, we'll just call him Mr. Ski, uh, who was covered in mud, cuts and insect bites, has explained that he had been lost for four days, surviving by eating snails mm. and using his clothes for bits and pieces over the way. Four days. So he must, yeah, must be using his toilet <laughs> four paper. Four days. For four days. I think this is where Dave's at. It didn't make sense for us, according to Fouts, referring to the explanation of for his nudity. He had a nest made up in a tree. This is the naked man. And he was only leaning one meter or 39 inches above the water. And there were crocs in the water. So he had done well to survive. Joyner said that his friend hesitated before bringing Mr. Ski uh, on board. Once we seen how bad he was and how many cuts he had all over him, he was dehydrated and pretty weak. We thought we'd better get him in the boat. You know, what does this dude want to do, right? He's weak, whatever. Joyner said, uh, and uh, and thought that he must be, uh, had a, just a bad night. Maybe it was a big night after New Year's. Maybe he just fucking partied New Year's and lost his head. He got right. lost and done himself some mischief in the bush, as only an Australian could say with that accent. <laughs> uh, Faust said he stripped to his underwear and handed uh, Mr. Ski his shorts and a beer gotta get a beer as a uh, the trio made their way back to the wonderful city of darwin fosters australian for kangaroo piss yeah australian for not australian beer he looked uh like he needed the beer <laughs> although he was in a bad way so basically he was taken off uh this guy was charged probably with the best beer he ever had so this guy mr ski had been charged with armed robbery multiple aggravated assaults deprivation of liberty and stealing uh, before he cut off his electronic monitoring device. The guy had a had, had an ankle monitor last week and attempted to evade police. Well, evidently it wasn't an attempt. He was successful, mm-hmm. but he ended Prince up where he didn't want to be. So he was hospitalized uh, and he was in there. Uh, that's when Faust had decided against visiting that guy, Mr. Ski in the hospital when he discovered he'd wanted by police. And then we got the Utah man who pled guilty in Yellowstone in Yellowstone dig seeking treasure. So coming out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, via the AP. Was this the same place where we heard about the guy getting arrested for trying to cook a turkey on one of the um well, one it's of the, the same it's the same big ass park. Uh, Utah man had pled guilty after authorities said he was caught digging in Yellowstone National Park cemetery in search for hidden treasure. <laughs> Roderick Dow Crythorn, 52 of Syracuse, Utah, entered a plea guilty Monday in the U.S. District Court in Casper, Wyoming, to, alleg- to allegedly excavating or trafficking in archaeological resources and to damaging oh, federal property. You're done. You get, you get caught doing uh, anything with any sort of artifact on federal land. That's like the equivalent of the cop's not being able to get you for the crime, so they get you on tax evasion. Yeah, you're not Nicolas Cage in a movie. Nope. Uh, uh, he could face up to 12 years in prison and, on top of that, $270,000 in fines. There's a glitch in your so matrix. He got the opposite of the treasure uh, and when sentenced March 17th. So that's the sentencing day. He was searching for a treasure chest containing cold coins. I'm gold. What fucking gold. fucked up pirate map did he find? <laughs> containing Coins, gold, and other valuables left in the backcountry a decade ago by Santa Fe, New Mexico art antiquities dealer Forrest Penn, which actually somebody did find this treasure. 
recently. Uh, that's going to be another story for next week. Who published a book with a poem containing clues on where the treasure could oh, be Oh, yeah, that asshole. All yes, these people like asshole. dying and getting fucked up, trying to find these, <laughs> spending all their money trying to find his, his treasure. Yep. Uh, and as many as people, six people have died looking for this. <sighs> When's he going to be brought up on charges? I don't think he can be. Yeah. Freedom of speech. Anyway. Uh, Fire beware. Yeah. Caveat I think the rest is Trump news, so I ain't going to read that. And that, my man, is all we got. This concludes the evening Vegas. news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Okay. Thank you very much, Gordon. Where can people find you? It wraps up another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. I can be found at uh, Aegis at D410 on Facebook. And as always, head over to dhyphen410.com, click on the social media link, and we'll add all our new stuff because I signed up for Gab tonight, even though their servers are running super slow. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the What's In Your Head podcast. And remember, if you never get up, challenge yourself. You'll never get out of bed. So get up, challenge yourself, make your life worth living, and be a community standard or a pillar community or whatever it is I say. I've had too much naked... Um, crown royal in my system to know what the hell's going on but thank you guys so much and we will talk to you next week now i'm elevated you still get elevated your life is not progressing but yet you celebrate it still live that same old same life still getting medicated still living day to day like nothing's premeditated like you the baddest with your eyes low tripping with a child at home sitting why you styrofoam sipping coming home with strange men why he lie alone and listen and wake up and go to work and deny his whole existence shit this has been a digital 410 production <laughs>